this series is called Made for Mondays. And how many of you know that Jesus came so that you and I could have life all the time? All the time. How did he say it? Life abundantly or life to the full. You were made for Monday. You weren't just made for the weekend. You weren't just made for Sundays to glorify God on Sundays and then just take the rest of the week off, right? We want to glorify God with everything we do, with our work, with our family, with our life, everything. And the most impactful way that he makes you, that he shapes you, that he forms you, isn't through comfort and everything going right. How many of you know that's a thing that we, we pursue a lot, especially in our nation? We just want to be comfortable. The right house, the right job, the right car, the right everything. We just want everything to be comfortable. But that's not the most impactful way that God makes us. It's through our habits. It's through our habits. You make your habits, and then your habits make you. I love the, the, uh, the, the person who made the quote, show me your habits and your friends, and I'll show you your future. And that's so true. And a lot of times we focus on our eating habits or our workout habits or our, our study habits, but, but how often do we forget to think about our habits when it comes to getting closer to Jesus? And so the most important thing about your day-to-day life isn't where you work or your circumstances or anything like that. It's your habits. Why? Because this is the space that we create for God to make us. He's the one that made you, that forms you, that, that gets you ready for what he's calling you to do. He wants to shape you. And so I love this theme verse for this series, Isaiah 64, 8. We'll read this one every week. It says, oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. And so it begs the question, how am I being made? How am I being formed into Christ-likeness? How is my relationship with God changing me? How is it changing me? Not just helping my circumstances or, or helping me feel better about myself or anything like that. No, how am I being transformed from the inside out? And so during this series, we're talking about ways and habits that we can instill in our life that create a space for God to make us for Mondays. And one way that we can create that space we're gonna talk about today is fasting. Fasting. And you might say, Joe, man, that seems like super duper duper spiritual stuff. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. But hey, just hold on and let's unpack this today. Think about it. We chase the craziest things with crazy abandon. We really do. Probably the most obsessed that I've ever been in my entire life about anything. Um, Sad to say, you know, I was just crazy obsessed over basketball. And some of you might look at me and say, Joe, you're really short. You know, you're you're kind of a little guy. And um, so how does that really make sense? And unfortunately, I'm no Muggsy Bogues or Spud Webb, and I couldn't dunk, but, but back in college, I did grab the rim like twice. And so, hey, hey, I, at least I can brag about that. But I loved basketball. I watched this, 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 this really cheesy movie when I was a kid called Pistol Pete. 
right? All about, the, or the pistol, about Pistol Pete Maravich. And I learned every single trick in that entire movie, dribbling with my knees, doing the spider, spinning the ball on my finger. I still show the youth kids all the time, I'm like, check this out. And I'm spinning the ball on my finger, right? All because for months and months and months and years and years and years when I was a kid, I was obsessed with basketball. Every dribbling trick up late, at one point, my dad was like, okay, he likes basketball, so my dad mounts the backboard onto the house. And what's on the other side of the wall? It's my parents' master bedroom, <laughs> right? And so I would be out there shooting, 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 and eventually, at some point during the night, dad would crack open his window and say, Joe, I think it's time to go to bed now, right? Because that ball is just hitting against the wall of the house and, and keeping them up. But they endured very patiently a lot of times when I just, I, because I loved the game of basketball. I've, I love running, and so I've, I've run a lot of marathons, and it's like, you know, why, why so obsessed about these things? You know, one of the craziest uh, feats of, of, of strength, and, and just as a great example of how obsessed we can get with certain things as, as, as humans, um, I heard about this guy recently named Ross Ed, Edgley. He swam all the way around Great Britain, 1,780 miles, and he did it in 157 days. That means over 11 miles a day in freezing cold water. How many of you know, we obsess about some pretty crazy stuff. We'll endure pain, we'll endure suffering, we'll stay up late, we'll practice for hours on end, we will research until the, 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 the wee hours of the morning on the internet over relatively meaningless activities. We will. We'll even do things like fasting to lose weight and, and feel better about our bodies, right? And so we're like, man, oh, it sounds cool. We're into it. We're, we're excited about it. I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's go run a marathon. Let's go start working out. Let's, let's fast. Let's, let's do whatever if, if we want to. But then you know, when we talk about, hey, let's fast to just spend some more time with Jesus and pray some more. We're like, oh, hard pass, <laughs> right? It's just not something that we usually connect, that we're gonna suffer, that we're gonna do things that cost us something to get closer to Jesus or to learn more about God or to get a greater clarity when it comes to our faith. And therein lies the disconnect, that so much of the time we will devote so much time and resources and energy and we will even suffer for things that are eternally meaningless. But when it comes to our faith, it's really hard to suffer for the cause of Christ. And so fasting, really quick, what is it and what is it not? Simply put, fasting is giving up something like food or it even could be social media or TV or whatever for a period of time and spending extra time in prayer and reading God's word and getting closer to him. Here's what it's not. Fasting is not a spiritual check mark or a rung. It's not just something we do, it's like, oh, I did it. No, it's not that. It's not spiritual special forces stuff. It's, it's, not, it's not anything super special. It's way more simple than that. It's not a magical trick that when we fast, it's just gonna automatically twist the arm of God and, and, and he's gonna be our spiritual Pez dispenser. Don't you love those things? It's like, oh, we do this and, and the candy comes out. No, it's not, it's not a magical trick just getting God to do whatever we want. 
When you really boil it down, fasting is a tangible way of saying no to ourselves and yes to God. Incredibly tangible. You feel it deep within yourself that, number one, you're hungry, <laughs> or number two, you're, you're, you're giving up something, and you're saying yes to God. How many of you know that we live in a temporary flesh, temporary tent? This life is not all there is. This, is, this body is withering away, Right? We're strong one day and we're weak the next. We're, we're young one day and it feels like the very next day uh, we're not so young. It's a temporary tent. And we have this thing called a sinful nature. And if you want to kind of know more about that, I encourage you to go home this week and, and read the book of Romans. It'll teach you all about our sinful nature. And so we as believers and as Christ followers, as we try to become more like Christ... We have to fight that sinful nature. We have to say no to ourselves and yes to God. I love how uh, Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. And in this particular passage, he's talking about resisting sexual sin. But it, it really goes along with this thought of saying yes to God and no to myself. He said, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. What is that high price? When Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. It's a high price that he paid so he could have a relationship with you and me. And so he bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. And so in our relationship with Christ, we have this, this challenge that we're not gonna let our flesh that is temporary own us, but that we are gonna bring everything we are, not just our spirit, not just our, our, our mind, but even our body into submission to the life that Christ wants us to live and not just what we want to do, right? And so why fast? Number one, we see it in the Bible. There's a, there's a biblical precedence all throughout scripture. We see it all over the place. Jesus, the, the first thing that he did before his ministry, it says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days and nights. The first time that Jesus taught about fasting was in Matthew chapter six, verse 16. And when, he, and, and when he taught about it, he said, when you fast. And so it was almost implied, it was almost expected uh, by the listeners that, that they were gonna be fasting. Right? Because Jesus didn't say, if you fast, or he said, when you fast, and then he gave them instructions. The, the Pharisees came to Jesus and his disciples one time and said, hey, why are your disciples not fasting? And, and in the Pharisees' vernacular, basically, why are they not as spiritual as we are? Right? Because some people view things like fasting as a spiritual check mark or a, a rung in their religious belt of, of how good they are. And Jesus basically told them that, hey, they're gonna fast when I'm gone, but while I'm with them, they don't need to. And so it's interesting that Jesus' first teaching on fasting focused on motive, right? So why do we fast? One, we see it in scripture. Two, because we wanna keep our motive in our hearts right, that we just wanna be with Jesus so bad that we're gonna give up something to get closer to him. 
And so Jesus said, don't flaunt it. Don't tell people you're doing it. It's between you and God. And there's this pure desire in your heart to please God and to get in alignment with him. You know, you probably heard about fasting over the past few years because it's gotten really popular in diets and, and uh, intermittent fasting, and, and it's just, it's a way to be healthy and things like that. But it's a biblical discipline. Anybody heard of the Ten Commandments back in Exodus when Moses went up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments? What happened? He fasted for 40 days and nights. Jesus, I already mentioned, he fasted 40 days and nights at the beginning of his ministry. We see Daniel. Have you ever heard of Daniel in the lion's den in the Old Testament? Daniel fasted. David, in the Psalms, talked about fasting. Ezra, in the Old Testament, he fasted for the provision of Israel and, and dependence on God. Esther, an amazing story in the Old Testament, she fasted for the safety of the Hebrew people. And so we see all throughout scripture examples of people saying no to food for a time so that they could petition God, depend on God, press into their relationship with God. And so let's talk today, when do we fast? And how do we bring this practice into our everyday life? And once again, I just wanna encourage you, if you're new to church, new to all this, hey, this isn't something that just super spiritual people do. This is something you could do this week and watch how you're gonna rely just a little bit more on Jesus in your life. And so how do we bring this practice into our everyday life? Number one, I wanna encourage you to regularly fast. Why? Because we're, we wanna regularly practice saying no to yourself and yes to God. Remember, this is all about creating space for God to make you, for God to shape you, for God to mold you. And so if, if we see it in scripture, and we see that this is a time where people get closer to God and depend on God, then we wanna regularly do that in, in our lives too, because we're creating this space for God to shape us. Jesus said in, in Matthew 16, 24, he said, if anyone, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Man, what a challenge. Give up your own way. Okay, God, I'm gonna give up something that, that seems desirable to me, that, that makes me feel good. I'm gonna give up my own way, and I'm gonna follow Christ. I'm gonna deny myself, deny my appetite, deny my, uh, you know, the things that I just naturally want so that I could say yes to Christ. We see this in the Lord's Prayer. What did it say? Not my will, but yours be done. We see this in the verse we talked about last week in, in Romans 12:1 that we're gonna offer our bodies as living sacrifices, right? We're not gonna conform to this world, but we're gonna be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we're gonna say no to ourselves and yes to Christ. How many of you wanna know saying no to ourselves is really, really hard, and I'm with you. I am not some super spiritual um, better than you. You know, I, I, I'm not better than you. I'm the same. It's just as hard for me to say no to myself as it is for you. And that's all the more reason that we need to make a practice of it, to regularly say no to myself so that I can say yes to God. I love the picture in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, where Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. 
Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Another translation of that verse says, I beat my body daily. I, I make my body a slave. I take control of my desires and of my passions of, and of the things that just drive me in life. I deny myself and I follow Christ. Another translation says, I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave. Remember that, that, um, that verse that we, that we read last week that's in, the, in the Psalms that says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for God. You see, this physical experience of hunger and fasting can help us turn in desperation to God for shaping and for prayer. There's this immediate connection with how you feel and what you're pursuing to fill the need. The tough part is that so many times we don't go to God first to fill those needs. And that's why fasting can be such an incredible and important part of your growth. Because you're saying on purpose, today, on purpose, intentionally, I'm gonna say no to myself and I'm gonna say yes to God. I'm going to have a need, I have this need for food, but instead of meeting that need with what I would traditionally meet it with, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask God for help. I'm gonna seek his face. When I have physical hunger, I'm going to say yes to him. I don't know about you, but I wanna fill the needs in my life with Jesus. I've got a lot of them. And I've lived long enough to know that, that man, if I could have fixed all the problems in my life and if I could have met all the needs in my life by myself, I would have already, but I can't. I need him now more than ever. The older I get, the more I realize how much I don't know. The older I get, the more I realize how much I need Jesus. The older I get, the more I realize that this world and this life is not the end and that there's, there's a bigger picture. And so how important it is for us to say, God, I don't wanna meet the needs of my life with anything but you, anything but you. I don't wanna, you know, when I'm feeling lonely, God, I don't wanna just run to social media. God, when I'm feeling hungry, I don't wanna just run to food to meet that need. Or when I'm feeling stressed, man, man I, I am a stress eater. <laughs> I am. I feel stressed, I feel, I feel anxious. Uh, I just need to go get some more food, right? I love to eat, love it. Uh, but God, God, when, I, when I, I'm worried about what people think of me, I don't wanna just try to seek people's approval. God, when, I'm, when I'm, I'm worried about where the next uh, meal is gonna come from, God, I don't, I don't wanna put my trust in wealth. I don't wanna put my trust in pleasure because it only lasts for a short time. I want my life to be filled with Jesus. And so to do that, I'm gonna say no to myself and I'm gonna say yes to God. And so we're gonna regularly make this a discipline in our, in our life. Why? Because we're creating new habits and we're creating new reactions to rely on God to sustain you spiritually. And so when I experience hunger in any area of my life, I wanna lean into Jesus. The second way, when we need to fast, when we need to maybe take some extra time to spend with God, is when we've forgotten our first love. When we've forgotten our first love, 
How many of you know that, you know, relationships in life, they have their ups and they have their downs, and maybe at one time you were really, you felt really close to God, but maybe you don't feel so close to him anymore. If you don't know Christ and you haven't ever had a relationship with him, you could probably relate to being really close to a family member and now maybe not so close, or, or an old girlfriend or boyfriend, and, and, and you, we all know what that's like. I used to be close, but now I'm not. And if you want to get closer to somebody, it's pretty simple. You spend time with them. You get away with them. You go somewhere special, no distractions. You get away, you go on a retreat, you go on a trip, and it deepens the relationship. This is why many times, especially in youth group at church, uh, camps and retreats are usually very impactful times, right? Why? It's not because, just because you went somewhere. It's not just because you, you know, there's, there's, uh, different activities and things like that. It's just a really simple four-letter word, and it's called time. Extended time in the presence of God. Extended time listening to his word. Extended time talking about who God is and what, it, what he has for your life. The cool thing is we have 24-7 access. We don't have to wait till camp or retreat or some special time to get close to God. We can take a day this week and skip a meal and spend that time with Christ. Spend that time talking to him. Spend that time, you know, seeking his presence. Asking him the hard questions that we have. Depending on him for the next, uh, for, for, for the next uh, bit of grace that we need to sustain our life. So the difference is just in the time devoted. Jesus said it like this to the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. Verses four through five, he said, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. What an incredible picture. That God, when I've forgotten my first love, I'm gonna take some extended time and I'm gonna spend it with you. I love the prayer in Psalm 51, 10 through 12. It says, create in me a clean heart. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and make me willing to obey you. If you spend some time with Christ this week to, because you're like, man, I don't love God like I used to. I've, I've forgotten my first love. Things between me and God aren't like they used to be. I wanna encourage you to take that psalm and pray that prayer and just, just stay in Christ in God's presence for a while because when you've forgotten your first love, what you need is more time with him. Not more time reading books or looking at social media or Googling it or anything like that. You need time with Jesus. When's another time that we need to fast? We need to fast when making important decisions, number three. When making important decisions. We see throughout scripture and specifically in, in Acts chapter 14, verse 23, it says, Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. With prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. And so we see Paul and Barnabas making big decisions, putting people in leadership, doing things that were gonna change the course of the church, and, and, and how did they do it? They did it with fasting and prayer. Listen, clarity comes 
If you need to know God's will for your life, if you need to know the answer to a question, if you need to know what you need to do next, think about this. Clarity comes when you change something and you focus on Christ. I love what Mark Batterson says. He says, a change of place plus a change of pace equals a change of perspective. A change of pace plus a change of place equals a change of perspective. Sometimes we just need to mix it up because we're seeing everything the same because we're doing the same thing every single day. And so fasting breaks us out of this normal rhythm and helps us to see things in a different light because we're not doing things that we normally did and we're focusing on Christ. And so I wanna encourage you, if you're moving, if you're changing jobs, if you're making a new commitment, if you realize there's something off in your family and you need to implement a new family plan, if you're making some major changes in your life, and a lot of us are at this time of year, if you're thinking about your schedule and if, and if, it's, if you're doing you know, things the right way, if you need clarity about anything, if you're disillusioned about life, you've got questions about God, you say, Joe, I, I'm, I'm really new to my faith. I don't, I don't know if I can do this. No, this is the perfect time to do it. Skip a meal, spend some time with Jesus, and ask him those hard questions. He can handle every single question you have. Love it. When making important decisions, it's a great time to fast. And then lastly, as we close today, when do you fast? When you have a burden. When you have a burden about something. We see in the Old Testament the, the story of Nehemiah, an amazing story. I encourage you to read it sometime. And in Nehemiah chapter one, verse four, it says that, uh, Nehemiah is saying this. He said, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. What had happened? His hometown had been destroyed. They had been taken as, as, as slaves and exiled to another country. And so he heard about the destruction of his city. It was a place that he had never even been. And he was broken for it. Have you ever had a burden that just didn't make sense and you just didn't know how God was gonna use you to answer the problem? Maybe you, you're a teenager and you're at school and you see friends sitting alone and you're like, man, that's not cool. They need a friend, but I don't know how God is gonna use me to meet that need. Or maybe you see, uh, you see a, a commercial of, of kids that don't have enough food or water over in another country and you get a burden and you're not sure how God is gonna use you to help meet that need. Or maybe you see a problem in society. You see something not working right with the local school or, 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 or at your workplace. And, you, and you're like, man, this just isn't right. It could be so much better. And you get a burden for it. And you're like, God, how do you want to use me to meet this need? There's so many problems with our world. We can all agree about that, right? The thing that we're less quick to jump at is, is asking ourselves, well, God, how do you want to use me to fix it? How do you wanna use me to glorify you in this really tough situation? But if we're open, if we look at the world and we say, and we get a burden for something, the first thing that we should do is go to God and say, God, how do you wanna use me? How do you wanna use me to make a difference in this situation? You see, without God's direction, burdens are too heavy and they break us. So a lot of times we think about them for a few days and then what do we do? We just forget about it because it's just too much. We can't handle it. 
we can't handle the pain, we can't handle the suffering. And so we just walk away and we're like, oh, I guess I hope somebody helps that person or I hope somebody meets that need. But the proper thing to do, the right thing to do, the, the, the Jesus loving thing to do is to say, God, I've got this burden. What do you want me to do about it? What do you want me to do? And why do we need to fast? Why do we need to go to him in prayer when we get a burden? Because he calls us to things that are bigger than our capabilities. He calls us to things that you, in your own power and in your own abilities, you can't fix. But as we submit ourselves to him, he enables us and he gives us the know-how and the anointing to fulfill his plans. Nehemiah, he was broken with the burden. He fasted, he prayed, God gave him a plan. He took the plan before the king. The king blessed his plans, he left, and he re rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. Why? Because he didn't just sit on his burden. He fasted about it, he prayed about it, he sought God's face about it. So I wanna encourage you today. Where are you at? What, what are you struggling with in life? What questions do you have? I believe that if you regularly say yes to God and no to yourself, I believe that when you get in that place where you're just falling in love with Jesus again and that he's just all you want, he's all you desire and you just have a real living relationship with Jesus and that when you take your important decisions to him and when you, when you have burdens in life and you see problems and you know God wants you to help minister to those needs, and I believe that when we seek God's face, when we humble ourselves, when we pray, that he will use us, that he will use you to help heal this land, to bring a little bit of his glory and his power and his goodness into our lives, right? Knowing that this life is not the end, that God has put us here for such a time as this, that God has put you right in your family, in your workplace, in, in, on your street, in your life, to make a difference for His glory, for His honor. And so when, when we're called to maybe suffer a little bit for the kingdom of God, to say no to ourselves and yes to Him, guess what? It's always worth it. Always. So what do we do? What do we fast? You know, you could fast one food, you could fast all foods, you could fast sugar, you could, you could do the Daniel fast, you could look it up online. There's more resources today than there ever has been in the history of the world. You could fast TV, you could fast social media, maybe, who knows, maybe you need to fast romance novels. Whatever, whatever it is you need to fast, whatever thing that has just got you, Netflix binging, who knows. What's important is that it costs you something. Now, if you have some reason why you can't fast in a certain way, you know, who knows, maybe you're, maybe you're lactose dependent <laughs> and you gotta have it. Maybe, you know, you've got some medical condition. Hey, be smart, don't do something crazy. You can consult your doctor about whatever you feel like God leading you to do. But it's not a big deal necessarily what you fast. The important thing is your heart. God cares about your heart. And so give up something for some time that means something to you 
and focus on prayer and reading the word of God. We need to come to God with this attitude like David had in 2 Samuel 24, 24. He said, I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. I'm not gonna come to God and say, hey, here's just something. No, I want it to cost me something. Because when it costs you something, then you're driven closer to Christ in dependence on Him. And the best time to do this is not when you're at church, it's during the week when no one else is looking. That's what Jesus said. He said, don't tell people. Just get away with me. Go into your closet, shut the door, pray to the God who, the God, God who is unseen and the Father who is unseen will see you. He'll see your dependence on Him and He's gonna bless you. He's gonna meet you there. And so we're gonna sing a song today. We're gonna spend some time reflecting and ask God to help us not just have a faith today on Sundays, but help us to have an everyday faith, a Monday faith, a Tuesday faith, Wednesday faith. And this is one of those ways. And so I wanna encourage you during this next song to ask God, God, what do you want me to do? When do you want me to fast? What do you want me to fast? As I spend time, special time in prayer this month, every day, God, as I put you first in my life, God, give me clarity on how you want me to serve you. And so as we sing this song, you can sit, you can stand, but let's spend some time reflecting on what God is doing in our life today.
repeat something that I said earlier today. The reason why Jesus deserves every day and every minute in our lives and our families and our dreams and our ambitions and, and just, just everything that we have to give is because he died on the cross for you and for me. And then he didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day to show that he's got power for you and for me. That when you face all the stuff that life brings you, because of him, you can have victory. You can be a new creation. Your life can have meaning. And so I just wanna encourage you today, if everybody could bow your heads and close your eyes, if, if today's your day to put your faith and your trust in Christ, and you say, Joe, I don't wanna just have a Sunday faith, I don't wanna just have a going to church faith, I wanna have an everyday faith where, where Jesus is making me and molding me. And I wanna, because of what Jesus did on the cross for me, because he died for me and he rose again, I want to begin to serve him with my life. I wanna begin a real, living, breathing relationship with God. I don't want religion, I want a relationship with Jesus the one that saved me and redeemed me by his death and resurrection. If that's what you want today and you wanna begin a relationship with Christ, I wanna encourage you to raise your hand and say, Joe, that's me. Here I am. I wanna follow Christ, amen, amen. Thanks for raising your hands. And hey, way more important than an outstretched hand is an outstretched heart. Is you praying and asking God to be the Lord of your life. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, you will be saved. That when you put your faith and trust in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And it doesn't stop there. That's the beginning of a lifelong relationship and a lifelong surrender to the King. And so if that's you today, I want to encourage you to do just what that, that verse says to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and trust him for your salvation today, not just today, but every day for the rest of your life. If, if you made a decision to follow Christ today, we've got a gift for you in the lobby at our Welcome Center. You can just go out there and say, hey, I want that bag that Joe was talking about in there. And they'll get a Bible in your hands. They'll get some resources in your hands to help you in your faith. But man, I'm so proud of you as you made a decision to follow Christ. And, and, and if you are here today, you're a follower of Christ, and you're saying, man, Joe, God's challenging me to say yes to him and no to myself more, then I wanna encourage you to, to pick a day this week, pick a meal, pick a day, pick a couple days, whatever you feel like God's leading you to do, and, and fast. Maybe it's a family member that doesn't know Jesus that you wanna, you wanna pray and ask God to lead them back to him. Maybe there's a sickness in your family and, and you wanna fast and pray and ask God to, to meet that need. Maybe there's a, a, a need of provision in your life financially or maybe you just need a friend. Maybe you need somebody to come alongside you and help you in your walk with Christ. Whatever the need is in your life, I wanna encourage you to take some time and fast about it this week. And fasting, remember, it's not a guarantee that we're just, just gonna flip a switch and everything's going to be okay. But it's, it's a posture of saying, God, I want your will, not my will. Amen.
Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaiccincinnati.com.